Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racerex podcast of Ivan Hot Sauce Tedesco. Thanks for listening. I did a career recap with Ivan a long time ago. He might have even still been racing then, but we got more into sort of the steps along the way from being a privateer rider to Plano and uh, onward from there. You might want to go and search the archives by his last name. And you can pick up that and uh, and listen to exactly a little bit more detail of his career from step to step to step. This podcast, uh, I haven't spoken to Ivan for a while. This podcast is more of a um, what's he up to now? What does he want to do? What's he been doing? Has he been riding? That type of stuff is all interesting stuff to me. And it was... Um, uh, uh, made possible from a tweet from a listener saying, why haven't you done a podcast with Ivan? And uh, I had been asking him, and he hadn't been replying, so I just kind of moved on. And not everybody wants to do it. Not everybody uh, likes me or whatever. So I just kind of texted him a couple times and moved on, and he reached out on Twitter and replied that, um, you know, when was this? I, and then I hit him back, and, and we got together, and we did. He was he was very accommodating, welcoming to do it. Uh, no problems there. So for whatever reason, he hadn't seen my two messages sent to him about a year ago or so. And that's cool. No problem there. Um, but, yeah, he wanted to do it this time. So uh, interesting guy, a real self-made champion. And, like, underrated dude. Three times Motocross Nations champion. I screw up the intro and say only two times, so pay attention to that. Uh, national champion and two-time Supercross champion. Uh, yeah, he never got a 450 title, but, man, um, 98% of the riders out there would love to have a career like Ivan Tedesco's. And, again, like real self-made, like not super naturally gifted, not this amateur phenom kid who was uh, not going to miss uh, – Really somebody who who uh, took his skill that was high and worked really hard at it. Uh, you'll listen here and he'll, he'll go through a couple of average days of, of training and you'll understand um, that what it takes to, to do at that level. And really, like he says in here, injuries hurt him. So um, that's one of the things also that, that happens. Now, sounds like he wants to get in back into the sport a little bit uh, with a team or with a, with a rider or two. So... I think that you could definitely you could definitely do worse off than to get somebody like Ivan Tedesco helping you out and uh, kind of showing you his secrets. But um, especially with some of the people that there. But um, yeah, good guy, good podcast. Again, um, appreciate the guy on Twitter who asked about it and kind of jogged my memory. Appreciate Tedesco taking the time to do it. Fly Racing, flyracing dot com, and also uh, thanks to Race Tech and Michelin. Also, they support the pod. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Here is Ivan Hot Sauce Tedesco. A Pope MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.
Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, download a show on iTunes. Get it on Stitcher. Get it on the Pulp Mex app. You know all those places to uh, to get it. Thanks uh, thanks again. Light hydrogen racewear from Fly Racing. It's minimalist racewear designed for maximum stretch and maximum performance. Pike and Millsaps and Baggett and even Andrew Short still he's riding. Uh, they wear a Fly Racing. Flyracing.com. Much more than gear, everybody. Hard parts line with uh, sprockets, foot pegs, stands, handlebars, grips, snowmobile gear, mountain bike gear i use and endorse the uh, fly mountain bike gear whenever i do actually mountain bike people so i just want to put that out there um thanks again for listening i'm steve mathis with me on the line uh national champion two-time 250 supercross champion motocross the nation's champion the holder of number nine for a long long time (laughs) ivan tedesco what's up hot sauce not much. Glad to be here and talk to you. Yeah, thanks for doing it. You've been uh, a little low key, a little under the radar since you hung it up. So yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, since I since I hung it up, and uh, yeah, I was doing the testing deal for for a couple of years with RCH deal, and then mm-hmm. um, ended up injuring my my heel, shattered my heel really bad, and honestly, that took me out for a good almost a year, you know, before I could get back to normal life and riding and doing all the things I love. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because uh, uh, Phil Nicoletti's going through that right now, and and Ferry did it in Daytona, and mm-hmm. it's a bad one, right? Like it's not not fun. No, not at all. I mean, I've had quite a few injuries in my career, but this one, you know, it was I don't know if it was because I was older, you know, but man, it, it took me a long time to heal and just to get range of motion back, and mm-hmm. I, mean, I was hobbling around for a good six eight months. And, yeah. you know, I started riding and I probably shouldn't have been on a bike yet. Was, you know, I was just trying to, I was tired of sitting on the couch. So I started riding and stuff, but it took, uh, took a long time for sure. And uh, that was at the Red Bull straight rhythm, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was after I, you know, I was all done, retired and I was testing for RCH and, um, I had been riding supercross quite a bit at the time mm-hmm. and felt pretty comfortable. And someone brought it up. Hey, you should go check that race out and. Yeah, you know, we thought it'd be a good idea, and uh, it was until we had a bike issue on one of the big doubles and had to jump over the front, and uh, you know the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. You talked about a lot of the injuries you you have. Uh, anytime you seem to get some momentum going, you would get hurt. Um, but I mean, you still had an awesome and fantastic career. But you have been through a lot, man. Like besides the heel, how's the rest of the body doing? Honestly, the the body's good. Yeah. Um, you know, for thirty five. Yeah, you know, and like you said, how many injuries I did have over my career, and luckily I think I I had good doctors, and you know sought out good doctors when I did have injuries, like for for a hand or whatever. I'd find mm-hmm. a specialist, and I think uh, that goes a long ways, especially once you get older. And mm-hmm. you know, my body's good; I can still do everything I want to do, and you know live life for sure. Yeah. I've talked about it a few times, and you made mention of that the finding good doctors and finding specialists. Like that's so important. There's so many. I mean, doctors are just like you and I. Like they make mistakes, they have bad days. There, you could have, you know, uh, a doctor that's a that's a three digit privateer and a doctor that's, uh, you know, Ricky Carmichael. Like it's really important on to try to find the right guys to to work on you. And Nicoletti's going through that now. Like he had to go through a bunch of people to try to find somebody who can fix this heel. And mm-hmm. he thinks he's found one in North Carolina. But man, that's super important because like one of Ferry's doctors jacked up his wrist, just didn't fix yeah. it. You know. Well, I mean, the way I look at it, I mean, if you go to a guy that does everything, then he's probably not that good at just one thing. You know, he'll mm-hmm. he'll fix you. He could probably put you back together. But 
you know, to get the best, you need to go to a specialist that that's all he does is knees or shoulders or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just a couple things and not just like you're going to Pet Boys and, yeah, my, my wrist <laughs> right, up. You know? Right, Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a good point. Um, last time we saw you on the track, or at least last time I saw you on the track, 125 Dream Race at Washougal. Um, yeah. How was yeah. that? That was cool, man. I I uh, hadn't ridden the 125 in, like, I don't even know, 12 years or something. And right. I got one pra- one practice on the bike and on a national track. I was a little a little out of my a little out of my zone, but it was fun. It was a super fun race, and uh, Carson Brown kicked our asses. And uh, yeah, but I got to battle with Pingree. Yeah. But just the whole experience was cool, man. The bike, that bike was awesome, and just the sound of it. I'm sure for you guys just listening was probably a cool cool deal. Yeah, no, it was. It was a it was a fun race. There's no doubt about it. So you're not doing the testing thing with RCH anymore? No, no, I'm not doing. Yeah. Actually, as of right now, I'm not doing anything. You know, nothing. <laughs> just, uh, I was going to ask you, yeah. like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, nothing. As far as as far as that goes, I just been been hanging with the family and you know hanging with my kids and been mountain biking a lot and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just kind of waiting for the the next avenue to to open up to see what I'm going to do. To be honest with you, you and Watson can partner up and invent something. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah, why. There you but. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's difficult, right? Like what to do. Like I, you're pretty hardcore. Guy. I don't know you that well, but you've always struck me as a guy that really worked hard at his racing, took it seriously. And we've seen a plenty of dudes in the pits right now, from Robbie Raynard to Red Dog to uh, Tishner beforehand. Um, a lot of guys moving into the coaching aspect yep. of things. Um, haven't seen you do that. I, I'm certain you probably got some feelers about well, doing do, it. Uh, I did help out Cincerello that one outdoor season, but mm-hmm. it was kind of a different deal. I didn't. I mean, he was working with Alden um, on the training side, so I really wasn't kind of. You know, mm-hmm. training him, I was kind of coaching him more. But his dad was super involved, Alan, which Alan's rad. I love that dude. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of a hard deal for me because it's like I didn't really know where I stood on everything. Right. You know, I wasn't really, okay, this is your job, basically. It was kind of a tough deal. I, I did. I feel like I did help on the bike. You know, I did do some testing for him and, and was around when he was testing. And I feel like I'm, that's my kind of my specialty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as far as the coaching goes, I mean, I would be interested in it if the the yep. a guy came to me and wanted to do it. Just a matter of you know the things lining up to where somebody needs somebody, and yeah. I'm there. Yeah, and, uh, Nick's helping Adam out now, and of course Will Hahn too. And Will Will sounds like a real job though. Like you probably have too much money to do what Will's doing. <laughs> like he he's like going in at eight, you know, leaving at five. <laughs> I'm cool with that though. I mean, the, the, as far as I I love working. Yeah, I, I I go crazy sitting around like. The last year's been pretty tough for me, honestly. Since okay. that injury and mm-hmm. not having something going. So yeah, I mean I'm yep. I'm keen to work for sure. Uh testing is a skill. Um I've been around a lot of riders in my career. Some guys have no clue and I don't know if they ever do. And I think a guy like Chad uh, he's my friend, and I've told him this. I think he thinks too much about the motorcycle and, and, and you know uses it as a bit of a crutch. And then there's guys like Kyle Lewis was a phenomenal tester. Uh, I've seen yeah. it for myself, and I heard, I've talked to suspension guys. It's a real skill that not everybody has, isn't it? No, it, it is. And, I mean, when I first came into the game, I didn't know nothing about testing. And, you know, I'll be honest, when I would go out and test and I didn't know what, what I felt, I would just make something up. You know, I think because you don't want to be like, oh, I can't feel it. And I mean, that's, yeah. I'm sure guys still do that these days. And, yeah. and what's wrong with that is you're guiding your team in the wrong direction. You're making yeah. up stuff. And, you know, 
and over the years, I learned what did what and kind of got a feel for it. And, you know, right. I feel like I'm good at it for sure. Mm-hmm. I've heard from uh, Kyle Bentley and different guys that you're good at it. You know, um, tire guys have told me that. Um, do you – yeah, the worst thing to do is tell people that you that, that you that it goes one way or another. Like, you can admit you don't feel a difference. Yeah, and I mean, but that's kind of hard for people to do sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, or I, I don't feel it, or I don't know. At least for me, when I first right. started, I felt like I wanted to know everything. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know. And yep. you know, that could, like I said, it can lead you down a road that you don't want to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, once you, and I think nowadays, bike setups is as crucial as ever just because the bikes are so fast and there are so many fast guys. If your setup is off, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get beat, you know. And uh, I know I felt like back in the day, you could kind of grid it out a little more, but. I know these days yeah. it seems a little tougher. And it f- seems like the bigger the CCs, the more important your setup is. Not so much motor, but if you have something off on your chassis, you know, 450, it's going to bite you in a big way. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And I think that's what, what, I mean, me being a smaller guy, you know, I'm not Weston Pike, and mm-hmm. you know, I can't manhandle the bike. And I, I felt like that's, I got had a lot of injuries, you know, once I moved up to the 450 class. And, you know, the thing will spit you off when, you, mm-hmm. when, you, uh, when you're pushing it. Where do you stand on the Air Force debate, Tedesco? Because I love talking to guys about this. Uh, Chris Kiefer's in the, on the Pulp Show a lot. He does a lot of testing for different manufacturers, and uh, and different riders have switched back and forth. I mean, even Cooper Webb uh, has just went back, and and Eli went back to spring. Where do you stand on this stuff? Uh, well, I mean, I, I dealt with the Showa Air Forks a lot, mm-hmm. and I felt like when I when I was comfortable, they were okay, and the the but the window was so small to where you. When you get to a race, it wouldn't work right. Mm-hmm. You know, you just everybody. I think that's why everybody just chased their tail so much. The window was so small when the stuff would work right. Um, as far as the KYB stuff, I felt I only rode that stuff maybe five times mm-hmm. over the last year, and I, I love that stuff, the KYB Air stuff. Right. Um, way better character, more like a spring, you know, kind of a plush feel. But I don't know. I, I worked with the spring fork last year quite a bit for for Roxon because he kind of preferred that feel and. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. You know, I think the air, there is some, some things that you can't make the spring fork do mm-hmm. that the air fork does. And I don't know. I think as, if it, if they keep going down the air road, I think it will surpass the spring. That's my opinion. Yeah. But it's yeah, but taking time for sure. There's a new Showa. You probably haven't ridden it. But, yeah, there's a new Showa, and it's the bomb, apparently. Air, a little bit of spring in there and stuff. So, yeah. Um, supposed to be. But, yeah, I mean, there was definitely a bad – I mean, bad vibe on the uh, <laughs> Air Forks for, and I and I had a stock Suzuki for a while, and mm-hmm. you know I, I'm not a huge fan of the stuff that came on that stock. I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, I would rather have some spring stuff and not have to fill it up. And yeah. if you, if I was just an average guy, just going riding. Right, right. Um, Roxon's season. All of us uh, jerkies in the media, we love to point to the switch to the stock clamps, and I guess there was a link change in there. Um, he was struggling a bit on the bike on the RCH bike and. Uh, talked to Kyle at RCH, and he kind of said, like, hey, we went back to stock, and we started kind of again and went through the yeah. testing procedure. Was that was that a big part? Did you have a big part to do with that? Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah. I was around for all that. And uh, I think with Ken, he, he has a certain feeling that he likes, you know, more of a stock-free, you know, where the stuff's free. And myself, I don't like that. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where, where we did struggle at first with, with me doing some of the testing and – or most of the testing, I should yeah. say. and. He, I mean, he didn't like the bike, and we kind of had to go back and reinvent the wheel and kind of, like you said, start from, from stock again. Yep. And I've, we did get him comfortable. Obviously, he went out and, yeah, and, I'd say. and won, finally. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's the tough thing with, with a test rider is, like, 
I, I only know what works for me, you know, and yeah. you could, I, I could get as much comments as I want from, from a writer, but you know, it's hard. It, it, it's hard when, when the, when he's so he's over here and I'm over here you mm-hmm. know, as far as what we like. But yep. when, when there's somebody that likes your stuff, then it works great. Yeah. That's, that's another testing skill. Like, Hey, I don't like this, but this dude charges really hard or this dude's super finesse. You know, Cole Seeley is not going to like Weston Pike setting and, you know, then vice versa. Yeah. You have to realize that. Right. That that's where yeah. it just comes out to giving good feedback to where they could, you know, you know, figure it out. You mm-hmm. know, that's what the engineers do. That's why that's why they hire those smart guys <laughs> to figure that stuff out. And right. the test rider just gives feedback so they can, you know, make it down the right road. How much are you riding now? You got you said you got a bike or, or what? Do you yeah, do? I got a bike. Yeah. I I still ride. I don't know, maybe once every couple of weeks. Oh, okay. You know, not yeah. not not too much, but. I've I've been on the mountain bike kick the last uh, <laughs> like four four or five months. Been been hitting that thing pretty hard. Uh, nice. When you ride, are you one of those ex pros? I mean, look, you're a national championship, you're a supercross champion. Uh, you're one of the very very best in the world. Are you one of those guys that's frustrated that you can't? Your your brain knows how to go fast, but maybe you're not quite as sharp, or yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's I think that's why I don't ride more. <laughs> right, often. Right. I, don't, I don't enjoy it as much. I mean. Because I, yeah, like you said, like I, I know what I want to do on a bike, but yeah. I can't quite do it. And but when I do go ride, I just try to have fun with it. Because yeah. if I start getting too serious with that, that just takes all the fun out for me. And, yeah. and that's, I think that's why some guys like like John Yo, he he hardly touched a dirt bike after he quit mm-hmm. racing. Because yep. he's the kind of guy that if he wasn't out there ripping in the fastest, he doesn't want to do it. Yep. Which yeah, I could totally understand that. Yeah, there's a lot of guys like that. They just can't let it go. They just like forget it. I used to be at this level, and mm-hmm. I can't do it, and I'm done. I just don't want to do it. That's the anyway. thing. Like I did a few. I've done a few like vet races over the last year and yep. stuff. And once I get on the line, I mean, I, I'm not as prepared as I once was. But once I'm on the line, I'm going to go for it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. a race, and <laughs> <laughs> that's when you get yourself in trouble. So I don't know. I I try to hold it back, but right. it's, it's, that racing is still in me. How much are you watching him and following him? Are you a are you a I'm sitting on the couch Saturday night guy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm diehard. I, mean, okay. I love it. I always will love it. You know, that's you know, the last year I, I haven't been too involved, but I would I would love to get you know super back involved and be around more. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I've done my whole life since I was eight right. years old. So yeah. you know, of course, I love being around it. Join the media, bro. Why not? I will. Give me a job. You want me to be your, be your assistant or something? Well, we got we got Villeman already <laughs> spouting off every every week. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the Roxon's injury, uh, something like, and again, like I don't know, you didn't have anything maybe that serious, but you've been there, man. Yeah. That, that is gnarly. And again, you know Ken a little bit from your RCH days. Like that's a super scary injury that could happen to it anyone. Really is. You know, um, really is. I mean, that was a scary crash. I'm mean, yep. I know his injury is really, really bad, but it could have been a lot worse, you know, just the, yeah. the way he crashed. And, you know, it's uh, it's scary. You know, the the bikes are so fast and the speeds these guys are going, it's when you do have a get-off, yeah. it's, uh, it's big. It's crazy to think. Like, I just went through this with Nicoletti. He, so he's got a shattered heel and a busted ankle, and the other one's broken. And I think I think the tib and fib on the one is jacked up on the bottom, you know? Oh, man. And, and like, his bike cut out, right, which is kind of what yeah. happened to you. And we were talking about it, and I'm like, people don't like you. Just it was a double, double, triple in in uh, in Dallas. Pretty easy to do for a guy like him. And that jump was done 200 times in Dallas with no problems by yeah. everybody. And people don't even look so easy, but one thing goes wrong, man. And yeah, he's done. Well, and especially you know? with the you know the all the electronics on the bikes these days, and 
Mm-hmm. I mean, with that, there's no sign of sign of something going wrong. You know, I I know back in the two-stroke days, or you know, you some sometimes get a sign something was going wrong, and you could kind of back it off. But now it's yep. just like instant. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, so Cooper Webb's coming in the sport. He's a national champion. He's a two-time Supercross champion. That, does that sound familiar? Um, yeah, he's, he's yeah. the next. He's the next big star in the sport. Uh, you did the same thing on, on the PC team, and you inked a deal with Suzuki uh, super early, and and you know you, you. I'm sure you signed for big money, just like Coop and all that. Um, what advice would you give him if he if he asked you? Or what would like? He struggled early, and he's and he's yeah. been fast. He's certainly, uh, but he's going to miss this weekend after a crash. It's a, it's swimming with, the, I guess, the sharks a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, just like that, like not not getting injured. I think myself, like my first year, my rookie season in Supercross, I did pretty well. I was mm-hmm. fourth, and I had uh, Carmichael, Stewart, and Reed to to deal with. So those yep. guys were pretty tough to to beat. But you know, going uh, my first year went great. You know, going into the '07 season, I felt like I was the most prepared I ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I opened that Canada race, Toronto. Yeah. Got landed on by Stewart, and oh, that yeah. kind of yeah. that kind of killed my whole momentum for it seemed like a while. I, don't know, I just never seemed to get it back after that. And but yeah, for advice for Cooper, yeah, just try to just be there, like like Dungy, be there week in and week out. Learn uh-huh. you're, you're not you don't learn nothing on the couch, you know. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of what happened to me over the years. Just too many injuries, and you know, guys get better when you're sitting on the couch and. You're just always playing catch up. Yeah, but then like, how do you push it, right? Like, how do you try to break through? Yeah. Like, that's the million dollar question. Yeah, it's the million dollar question <laughs> for sure. And you know, it's hats off to guys like Dungey that that can go year after year without getting injured. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I don't mm-hmm. think I only I only went two years my whole career without getting an injury. And was that those it? Those were huh? the two years I won. You know, yeah. uh, but I think a lot of guys deal with that that same thing. It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a part did, of the sport. Did you feel, uh, like I said, you were the hottest free agent, you know, coming in, and you were the champion in the in the, uh, the two hundred and fifty class? Did you feel a lot of pressure? I mean, I, you were on the same team as as RC, so you know he was the guy. But did you feel pressure? Did you feel like, hey man, I got to make this, I got to get this done, I got to people are looking at me, or how how was that yeah. mentally? Yeah, the the first year, no, not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, I obviously, I had my personal goals, but I didn't feel too much pressure from the outside, like because I was, you know, Carmichael was dominating mm-hmm. Suzuki. They're they're cool with it, and yep. but he retired the following year. He he raced part time, so you know, I, I remember Mel Harris, the head of Suzuki, having a little meeting with me, like, hey, you know, you got some big shoes to fill, and you know, basically the the weight's on your shoulders now. You know, yeah. you got to go win. And I mean, I remember feeling the pressure that second year, and mm-hmm. you know. L- l- the whole scenario, like I explained before, with getting injured and at the Canada race. Yeah. When I went to Anaheim one, that was about six weeks from that race. I basically just showed up and raced. I didn't. I only think I only rode once. And kind of taped my hand to the bar, and yeah. that's kind of how I started my season. And obviously, it didn't go great. Mm-hmm. I think I got ended up fifth in the series or something. But you know, yeah, when that when you have that pressure like that, and they're yeah. paying you lots and lots of money, you know, it's hard to deal with sometimes when you can't deliver. Yeah, I mean, these you know, you see, and also too, you're younger, right? So um, yeah. you're trying to make the right path. People around you that's smart, and and I'm sure Ricky helped you with that. Where it's like, hey, surround yourself with these people that can yeah keep you grounded for sure. And I I felt like I always had good people around me. That that's definitely what, yeah. what kept kept me grounded, and you know, just got me through those those tough times when mm-hmm. you are injured, and you know, don't spin off and go do some stupid stuff. For sure. <laughs> well, <laughs> I always like I always looked at you like, and don't take this the wrong way, but 
if you had said, you know, when you can't turn pro, uh, Plano Honda days, um, I don't know if anybody would have said, hey, that guy's going to be an, a motocross nations champion, a national champion, a supercross yeah. champion. Like, I don't know if anybody would have said that. So don't, I don't I know. don't think I would have even myself, you know, be honest. Right. You know, I always knew what I was capable of. I mm. felt, you know, I felt that was good, but. I mean, Supercross, yeah, I always felt like, yeah, I could win. I don't know, for whatever reason, okay. that, that always came came easier to me. Yep. But outdoors, yeah, that, I don't think, I never thought I would win an outdoor title. And I had to work work my ass off for that one, yeah. you know, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I really, really did that year. And uh, there was a lot of good guys in that class. You know, it wasn't like I got it handed to me that no. year. No. Um, yeah, I mean, me and, me, and, uh, me and Hanson always talk about that, like, I, I can't believe I won an outdoor title. I mean, that's, you know. and, and he and he's known you forever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been buddies forever, right. and you know, like we were both kind of supercross guys you know, yeah. growing up. Like, that's what we were good at. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, and I mean, later in my career, I almost felt like I was better outdoors than I was supercross. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, weird that way, right? Um, mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of advice did Ricky give you as far as uh, your career? I know you guys were tight the whole time. I mean, obviously, keeping a, a, a good crew around you was was one of them. But anything else that you learned? I mean, you lived down there for a while and stuff. I mean, just really just the work, yeah. work ethic. I mean, there's no no cutting corners. You know, once you once you do kind of move up to the 450 class, I mean, it's it's game on. You can't cut corners to go win. I mm-hmm. mean, you you could in the 250 class. I mean, yep. if you have enough talent, you can you can not train and probably go win. I mean, if you're good enough. But yep. 450, I don't care how good you are. If you don't train and don't do things right and get your testing right and every little piece of the puzzle, you're not going to win. Yeah, it's crazy. I was just up in – I went to do a story on RV. So I flew up to, uh, to, to Washington there. And yeah. I just – we were talking and interviewing him, and I'm like, you know, do you any regrets from from quitting so early? And he's just like, nope. He's like, there's. He kept coming back to how much work it was, hot sauce. How yeah. much work he had to do. It wasn't fun anymore. It dragged him down. And I don't know if people listening. And then look, everybody works hard. You know, there's guys that work in the mines, 40, 50 hours a week yeah. or whatever. But I don't know if anybody really gets it. Like, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, and it's it's the kind of work too. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, plus it's just the the risk that you're out there every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets old. I mean, and then when you do throw the injuries in, and that process to me is what what kind of took me out was the process of getting injured, coming mm-hmm. back, therapy. You know, then you kind of suck at first. Then you got you know you get and then it seemed like another injury would come. It's just that process. I kind of I couldn't do it no more once I started getting injured towards the end. Yeah, uh, take us through. Okay, so it's off season. You're on, you're at the goat farm or wherever you are. If you, after you left there, it's the off season. You're a 450 superstar. Like, what are you doing on a normal day just to give people an idea? I mean, pretty much during like boot camp, you would wake up, go for. 20 30 minute run okay then hop then hop on your bicycle for an hour and then hold on you do a run yeah, first yeah run first warm up <laughs> then i'd get on my bicycle and then head out to the farm i'd get there about 11 do i mean it depends on what we we're doing either long motos yep. or sprints or yep. i mean Whatever it was me, meanie genie genie and carmichael's <laughs> run the program so it wasn't wasn't easy by any means yep. by the time you left there it's you're cooked and straight from there straight to the gym uh-huh. Spent a couple hours in there, and it was just you, that was daily, especially yep. the, that six week period from November first to about mid mid December. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're 
Would you? Yep. Would you ride f- every day? If you were doing motor, would you ride say supercars? Would you ride forty laps, sixty laps? No, no? Uh, at least sixty, seventy okay. laps. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. And then outdoors, you're doing two uh, forties at least, and you know whatever yeah. else. So depending on what you're doing, sprint yeah. work or or long stuff. And you've already done an hour bicycle ride, and you've already warmed up, and you're going to the gym. Yeah, and and it's. It's there's one thing if you're doing it that but so you gotta do it the next day. And the next day and the next day and the next day. You know. <laughs> right. I mean you really don't have when when you're doing it like that you don't don't have time for anything. You yep. know, and and that's with every that's with other people taking care of everything else, you know, mm-hmm. with making you food and this and that and you know it's a big investment, you know, to to go do it right, to go try and win. Yeah, it's a big investment, and I never pulled, I never pulled it off. I I did all the work and never won. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to swallow for sure. Right, right, yeah, exactly. You start questioning yourself and the training, and are you, is it, you know, people have, have talked about uh, RC's program and how it wasn't for them because it's just certain people can push so hard. It's, it doesn't make you a wimp mm-hmm. or, or a pussy or nothing. It's just cert, everybody's no, body's yeah. different. Everybody's body's different as far as what they can handle. And, it, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, this how I always looked at it is it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's not a He-Man con- contest. You no. don't get paid to, to see how much work you can do. I mean, yeah. that's where it comes in to find what works for you and mm-hmm. the right amount of work. And, you know, it's that's where people get carried away. Oh, this guy does that. Yep. Okay, I'm going to do... 10% more and I'm going to beat him, but yep. that's not how it works. You know, you got to do the right work. What works for you. Yeah. When we, in 99, I went to RCs with uh, Ferry and Mama Jeannie put us through three thirties. <laughs> it was in the nationals in the middle of the nationals on a sand track. Ricky did yep. all three thirties. No problem. Timmy did two and a half and JT <laughs> tapped out after two motos. It was insane. It was nuts. Yeah. She's crazy. And, and, I would try and milk it a little bit when you're tired, and and she she's there with the clock. I mean, if you started your moto even a little bit off, you're starting over. So you're basically wasting you're wasting laps. So I mean, I, I've had where you're ten minutes into the moto and she's pulling you off. Like no 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 no. Really? We're starting yeah. that over. Yeah yeah. Uh-huh. So you're already sweating. You're tired already, and you're starting the moto over. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah, and and people I. You know, again, like RV was saying, like people don't get it, man. This is the work you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, for sure they see. I mean, everybody sees Saturday night. Yeah, you know? yeah, and and it's great. It is awesome, but you know, Monday through Friday is is, right. is a grind for sure. So, if you were to work with somebody now or work with the team, uh, Ivan Tedesco on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, you your job as the coach slash trainer or both or whatever you're doing is to try to find, look, this kid responds to this and this kid responds yeah. to that, right? I mean, that's half the battle. And I think that with that, it's a process too. Mm-hmm. It's not like, I mean, yeah, you can make somebody better right off the bat, but you know, it's, it's kind of, you got to figure it out. You know, it's, yep. it's a, it's a formula to try to try to get somebody to win and trying to figure it out. When you left Suzuki, could you have stayed there? Did Honda make you a better offer? Why did you choose to go to Honda? Was there something else that you passed on uh, then? For me, for me, it was that that second season, 07, when I came in injured that I talked about. I mean, that whole season was pretty rough with dealing with the pressure. And, mm-hmm. you know, Roger was kind of – he they weren't – I mean, I understand. You know, you're there, you're there paying you to win. You're not winning – you know, it, it just gets heated, and yep. I don't know for for whatever reason, Eric Kehoe at Honda just really believed in me. And the whole time when I was struggling, he was calling me, and you know, he he wanted to sign me. It was like early in that year. He mm-hmm. was like, "We're going to do a deal with you." And I don't know. That's what I I really like that that they they believed in me a hundred percent, and they wanted to 
to do a deal. I mean, okay. I could have stayed at Suzuki, but it was more that Honda really wanted me. Yeah, Roger's a good dude, but, man, I've heard so many stories. Like, if you're not winning, he doesn't have a lot of time for you. He's not happy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not. I mean, I love Roger. I, yeah. Now, nowadays, like, we're yep. great. Like, and, but that year, I mean, it, yep. it was tough, you know, and I understand it. They were yeah. paying me a lot of money. They were used to winning with Ricky, and, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't getting the job done. Uh, so you move over to Honda. Uh, that's a stacked team. Um, yeah. How would you feel about that, having those teammates that were, like, I mean, all you guys were gnarly. Yeah, it was it was it me, Shorty, Millsap, Townley, I believe. Yep. yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was it. That was I started off decent, just uh, got injured at the fourth or fifth race, I believe, broke my wrist, and mm-hmm. you know, and then I got hurt, I believe, again at, at, during outdoor. So that year was kind of rough, and then in '09, I, I had a better year. I think I got third in outdoors and went to Designations, and that was uh, yeah, that was that was it for Honda. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Racetech. The folks at Racetech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right? If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now. Valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Hi, Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet... You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows, they might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. 
To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. Did you ride that? I know you didn't like that 09, although you had you had hot sauce, perhaps. I always talk about this. Like there's a there's a few rides I've seen for many years on the circuit that stand out in my mind. Tortelli's ninety nine ride, uh, a few of Ricky's rides, your Lakewood ride in 09. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Like you just just blew everybody away, but yet you didn't really like that bike. No, I, I mean, I, I hated that, and I, and I think I was I was pretty vocal, probably more vocal about it than I should have been. Uh-huh. But you know, I, I don't know. I just like like going back to doing all that work, and uh-huh. you know, and then then they're pointing the finger at you like go get go win. But I felt like I can't win on this thing, you know. And yeah. I mean, I did. I win Colorado, right? Know, and, right. Uh, but it was it was a hard year, you know. That that bike was tough, and. I mean, we we worked on it. You know, we tried. They, they, it wasn't lack of effort. It was just a, a geometry thing. You know, they missed yeah. the mark on on building that <laughs> chassis. And I don't know. Do you uh, you dominating Lakewood though was part of the worst thing because they just went see see. <laughs> <laughs> but that race, I mean, that was probably the only race of my career that was easy. I, and I, yeah. I don't know why Dude, why that day you were on fire. You were it was on, clicking for me. <laughs> you were on fire. It was a smooth track too, um, yeah. which maybe helped the chassis, helped. right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that definitely helped for sure. Um, yeah, the, you weren't a fan of the bike, and neither was Davey. Of course, the only guy that liked it was Shorty. Shorty's like, yeah, this thing's great. So yeah. <laughs> what was weird though was I, I did some of the the pre pro uh-huh. testing on that thing at the like top secret Honda facility out in the middle of the desert, uh-huh. and that thing was awesome. The, the pre production bike. I mean, it was amazing, and then I don't know what happened from that point to when it came over here, but I remember saying, like, this isn't the same bike. Like, what is this? You're like, hey, guys, this is what, what happened. Um, yeah. Uh, your motocross the nations wins, one in Italy, uh, the other one, England? Where was the other one? Yeah, England in 06, and then France in 05. And then, yeah, okay. Oh, wait, I thought it was Italy. No. Italy was 09. 09, okay. Three three of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, did I say two? I, th- oh, I said two, I think, at the beginning of the show. My bad. Three. Come on, dude. Get it get I know. It together. I'm sorry. I just went off memory. That's what shows, <laughs> shows you what happens. Um, so, which one was gnarliest? Like, which one? I remember there was one. Oh, man. You know, there was a few for, of them that you guys kind of barely pulled it out, Italy being one of them. Um, for, for me, personally, the 06 was, was the toughest one for me because I didn't race outdoors that year. and. Uh-huh. Ricky was supposed to go. I was at Glen Helen watching, and oh, you didn't! I, remember, I didn't know you didn't race. I remember. Okay, yeah. I remember seeing him crash. And yep. He injured his, his shoulder, and I went back to the truck afterwards. And Roger, the race was two weeks away, and Roger's yep. like, "Hey, do you think you could race Designations in two weeks?" I'm like, <laughs> "I guess. I don't know." <laughs> so, I mean, long yeah. story short, they're like, "The bike's already over there. We have to get somebody on a Suzuki. You're probably the best guy." Yeah. You know. So I, I said, "Okay, let's do it." I mean, right. I wasn't ready. Uh huh. So, I mean, that was the toughest one for me because I was over there. I remember we flew in, and on a Thursday, we went to go test the bike and get kind of warmed up. Mm-hmm. And I was jet lagged, and they had a moose front tire on. Track was real rocky. And I remember I, I probably looked like a novice out there. Like, <laughs> I felt like a novice. And I remember all the Cowie guys looking at me like, You guys brought this guy? <laughs> like, we're going to get smoked. Stuart was so still like, I remember from yeah. Thursday to, yeah. to Saturday on the qualifying, I was just stressing, like, man, how am I going to do this? Yeah. But it turned out okay. I mean, I whole shot, whole shot that moto and almost I led it for 25 minutes and we pulled it off. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of pressure. How'd you how'd you react to that? Like I've been around the teams a, a few times, and I can see different guys acting different ways over the years. Um, how'd you? How, how was it for you? Like, did you have to like mentally tell yeah, yourself like definitely highest pressure I've ever dealt with? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think until until you go experience it yourself, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you could really explain it. Yeah, and I, I don't know. It's because you're not racing for yourself; you're racing for your country and. In the U.S., you're, you're expected to win regardless. I mean, if we don't win, it's just a letdown, obviously. You know? yeah. So, luckily, all three times I went, we won. So, I never really had to experience the the failure. But it was uh, definitely one of the coolest experiences to, to go over there and stand on the podium and oh, yeah. have them play your national anthem. And it's cool. So, more pressure to you than, like, say, the final round Glen Helen outdoors there? That yeah, year. 100%. Okay. 100%. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Did, I couldn't tell you. But. Did it get easier as you did the third one, or no, uh, no, no? Okay, <laughs> no, because that third one in Italy was was tough, and yeah, I, I think because they were calling us the B team. Yeah, Dunge, Dunge, because they could have yeah. sent some better guys. I mean, there was some faster dudes that could have sent, or mm-hmm. that maybe didn't want to go, or whatever happened. I'm not sure, but right. I don't know. We got the job done. It was cool. Yeah, it was Dunge first time on a 450. You and uh, yep. Weimer, and Weimer went. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was oh no, Philip Arts took uh didn't take you out. That took, was me. That was you, yeah. Yeah, he took me out. Dude. Yeah, he me in that final moto. Yeah. I think JT's still mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, the Motocross the Nations thing is, is is so cool to be part of. It's so so cool to to be able to tell your kids like this is what we did. Here's photos of us on the podium. Like I've always mm. you know, I went as a mechanic in 03, and we lost, probably due to me. But <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was amazingly. I'm Canadian, so I'm not even like red, white, and blue guy. But it didn't really matter. I was so bummed. I'm like, this sucks. This is. But even for you, like as a, mechanic, I'm sure you were stressed out. Just oh god, yeah. The vibe. It's oh. just the vibe around you. It's, yeah. It's... I I was like uh, so much work, so much effort, and we just lost. Like I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> so, you, we haven't won in a while, right? Well, that's my next question to you. So five years in a row. Team hasn't won. Different reasons why. One of them in the sand. There was no chance, yeah. you know. Um, one of them, uh, some crashes, Tomac crashing, Barsha crashing. Some of them just, like Latvia, the team just got out road. Uh, Dunge didn't ride yeah. well. Um, like, what do you, I guess, again, like going back to the Cooper Webb thing, like what do you do to stop this uh, this losing streak? I mean, I guess, you know, we've been sending our best guys. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, I, I mean, the, the Euro, European, right? they're good, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I remember going over there, I was tripping out. Like mm-hmm. on some of the guys, I I guess it's just different, you know. And right. that those guys are legit, you know, straight yeah. up. Yeah, I, some guys are passing you in practice, and you're like, "Look at this goon!" And he's yeah, just, yeah, no. For, right. it, the the craziest thing is qualifying time prep. I mean, I I suck at it anyways. Mm-hmm. I always did. <laughs> but when you go over there, I mean, those guys have that down. You look on, you'd be twentieth. You know, like what? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'm a national champion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, what do you remember about Glen Helen that day uh, in Glen Helen? Uh, just the nuttiness of it all, right? Just yeah. Well, what, what was tough is, I mean, driving in, I'm, I had a 35 point lead. I'm uh-huh. like, all right, cool. I'll just right. get through the day. I'm good. But then, first moto, Brock Hepler crashed in front of me on the opening lap, and I landed on his bike and had a huge crash. I had to put my chain back. My chain came off in the crash. Oh, I didn't know. I don't remember that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like, I started my bike. Went to take off and I was just hearing grinding. It wasn't going nowhere. I looked down, my chain's off. And I had to like, like a bicycle, you know, yeah. put the chain yeah. and roll it back. <laughs> and I, 
I rode the whole moto just thinking my chain's going to derail. Right. But I, I came back all the way to 20, 21st, so I missed. I didn't get any points. Uh-huh. And it went from 35 to 10 going into that final moto. And then, yeah, in that opening lap, right. that's, that's when that all went down, the big explosion in that corner. Uh-huh. I, it was crazy. And you're just thinking, like, what are you doing, dude? Like, let's Yeah. Like, I remember because I, I remember – I was outside because I got I did I had the first moto. Mm-hmm. I think I have to rip a start. Yeah, I, I got a second place start, I believe, and I took a look back just to see, and I saw Jeff Leslie behind me. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, this something's gonna. Tra-. And he went for the takeout before his brother did, but I knew he was there, so I, I didn't let it happen. Right. And I I didn't. I took another look back, and I didn't see Mike or anybody around. And uh-huh. that that one came out of nowhere. I mean, he must have never shut off down that straightaway and just. Yeah, it was the uh, coming out of the back, right? Coming out of the coming out of the <laughs> yeah, RM like section, the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always kind of been there into right. that right-hander. And you're just like, dude, what are you doing? You're on my bike. <laughs> you're but it was, at least it wasn't his brother, because I mean, if it would have been his brother and me laying there and yeah. him out front, yeah. I mean, then it was game game over and nothing I could do about it. But yeah. at least he was laying there with me. It almost became an insane ending to a series like just because protests would have like who knows what would have happened yeah i mean what if i would have just kicked his ass yes. you know I mean? which i want which i wanted to right. just right there just kick his ass and not even worry about the race but right i, I was so worried about the title right. i didn't even care about anything uh yamaha at troy days on a yz125 you were the you were the last guy to win a supercross on a 125 congratulations yeah yeah pontiac supercross right. that and a five dollars will get you a starbucks right i mean big deal but crazy how how things have changed though no it has it's changed a lot in a short period of time for sure hey looking back on your your career uh as a whole and again it's fantastic um like like you talked about like a national champion something you never could have imagined but what do you change? I mean, look, I know you can't say not getting injured because that happens, but is there some, did you make a mistake somewhere along the line? Did you go somewhere you shouldn't have? Did you, you know, mm-hmm. did you make a, a bad sponsor? I mean, honestly, I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. You know, I, was, I'm I always, I felt like I gave it my all every time I was out. I, all that worked hard. Just yeah. maybe not tried as, tried as hard. Yeah, yeah, sense. yeah, like, yeah. Because I, I think I always tried too hard and that got me in trouble a lot and injured and I know it's hard to say, like, don't try try as hard, but right. I think that's that's maybe one thing. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes, like, laying up and, and taking a spot and making it to the next race or whatever, sometimes, yeah. is, you know? Well, I mean, there was countless times I got hurt. Not countless, but maybe a few. Yeah. But I got hurt, like, the fourth or fifth round of the series. Uh-huh. And, you know, and then you watch the series unfold on the couch and, there's guys that finished second, third in the series that mm-hmm. you were smoking at the beginning of the season. It's yeah. like, yep. okay, if I would have just been there, you know, and I probably would have got better anyway. Yeah. But, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. all hindsight. Looking back, it's... Yeah. Um, what about uh, uh, the financially-wise? How, how, you saved a lot of money. You're doing fine that way? Like, everything was good? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you're I, smart I did with it? well, and, and yeah, I invested well. And obviously, I still got to make some money over... You know, hopefully I live live to be <laughs> right, right. old, but yeah. you know I still got it. I also have to work and just to pay my bills. But I got I got yeah. money. Yeah, you know, I got some investments. So good, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You never, you know, a lot. Of, I know a few guys that that don't have a lot of money put away for later on in life, and if they need to work now, you know what I mean. Then yeah, then that's cool. Uh, later on, when they're older, they can just chill. So yeah. Well, at least for now, like at least this last year say like i haven't worked you know i, yeah. I was testing i've been i was injured and all that mm-hmm. at least i'm in the position where i could can just hang out and still you yeah. know, take care of my family and until i figure out what i'm going to do for would, sure would you 
if you could just wave a magic wand and get paid a hundred grand a year, would you test or would you coach a trainer or somebody? Yeah, co- coaching. Okay, sure. yeah. coach, coach, trainer. Like the testing deal. I, I, like I, I am good at it, and I feel like you know that's that's what I'm good at. But you know that's kind of that's going to be kind of short lived. I'm 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many years can I really realistically do that? Especially Supercross. You know that's it's pretty intense to go out there. Yeah. You know day in and day out when you're not even racing you know that's kind of where i started to struggle like i'm out here risking a (laughs) lot testing you know especially testing new parts and you know when it gets down to that stuff and and for what you know i mean yeah you're getting paid but you know you're not racing you're you're kind of doing it for somebody else and dude that well that's like short okay you've been out of the game longer than shorty but Mm -hmm. i didn't really get it shorty's role is like testing soupy stuff and i'm like you still want to do that like you're He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, and I'm just like, okay, like, yeah. Well, it's, I think, I think, know? like, because I think that's what Will's doing too, right? And I think when you first step out, like, that's I, I jumped right into it, like those guys did, and right, right. As long as you jump right in, you're fine. Uh-huh. But I, I noticed, like, there was times where they would have to take a month off of testing, so I wouldn't ride Supercross for a month, and then we mm-hmm. would get back in, and then it was like, whoa. Yeah. I forgot how to ride Supercross. You yeah, know? yeah. So, uh, and and I think the longer, like now, I haven't ridden it in a year. It'd be kind of hard, hard to dip back into it. Yeah. You know, and it would take some time. But I think if you dip right in, you're fine, and if, as long as you keep it going. It's crazy. Uh, of course, Watson, uh, one of your best friends, and you saw him start the H and H team with Kerry, and you rode for them for a number of years. And you know, Ricky's involved with it now. Crazy how that team evolved, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean. I rode for them, I think, after they're going for about three or four years. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of was their first big step was when they brought Dodge aboard. And I came on the team, and uh, I think it was me and Chris Blost that first year. Uh-huh. And, you know, they kind of grew from there. You know, the next yep. year they got some more guys. And then, like you said, Ricky came aboard and kind of brought the good equipment and Suzuki support and all that to the team. And you would, know, would, you, history. would you do something like that? Would you be involved in a team, either sp- – part owner or you know something like that yeah i, I don't know if i'd want to own a team uh-huh you know, I, I think i'm i'd be better just just yeah just hey hire me to do a job you right, know, right right so no what you're good at go go no desire to uh to lose a bunch of money owning a team or anything. no 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 <laughs> um <laughs> no desire to do that i was bug sure. i was bugging watson because he was up here for the pulp show and i was bugging him about it a little bit i said like don't you wish Watson a little bit? You guys could go back to the way you were with with Blows and Hot Sauce and Cowies and you yeah. know, and like almost more money, more problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, for sure. I mean, then then well, and then you get all the you get more money, you get better riders. Yeah, and yeah. You're expected to go do the, this, this, and this. And yeah. When you don't do that, it sucks. You know, nobody's happy. Or even like uh, like Kenny's dad writing that story. Like you're like, what are we doing? Like we're paying this guy this much. Like it's like it's just <laughs> night. You know what I mean? Like it's like when we had Blos and Tedesco and we were top tens and everyone was happy. We're good. That's what we're going yeah. for. You know, that so. was a rough year for the team for sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, but that's what you know when you're expected yeah, to yeah. win and there's lots of pressure. Uh, all right, uh, Ivan Tedesco on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. We we can wrap this up with a little bit of uh, questions for you, Ivan. First up, okay, um, you might say Lakewood because we just touched on that. But what was your best race ever outside of Lakewood? Best race ever. I know. Like, what is there a day that you were just like killing it? You were on. Yeah, I would say 
San Diego Supercross 2004. Okay. I PC I came, days, yeah. That, yeah, PC. My first, the first year I won. Mm-hmm. I won. I won seven out of eight races that year. But San Diego, I came from, from like fifteenth or something to to win. You know, I just I was just on rails that night. Mm-hmm. Like I had, like I said, like Lakewood. That was I wouldn't say easy, but you didn't want yep. to say easy, but it, it was. You know, I, I it felt easy to me. I only had a few of those in my career. And, yeah. You know, maybe those those two. Um. Yeah, Lakewood was amazing. Let me just say that again. You were just gone. Um, well, yeah, one of those days you just dream about. You collect the the bonus win and and the fifty yeah. points. It's just like, yeah, what you know? What? Check this out, everybody. <laughs> um, uh, all right, uh, best bike you ever had, best race bike you had. Which one? Uh, obviously not the 09 Honda, but uh, no. is, there, is there another bike that stood out? Man, probably. I, I liked that Yamaha. I know it's crazy to say that 2010 Yamaha. You did uh, 450 in Supercross. Yeah. Okay. And I, I hated the thing outdoors. Okay. Uh, for whatever reason, but Supercross, like I was on a privateer bike that year. I mean, mm-hmm. Bones was helping me out pro circuit, and you know, I actually did pretty well that year until I got injured. But I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. It's kind of hard to say. Like I, I never really liked any of my Hondas that much. Yep. You know, the 09 Suzuki's. I don't think they were that great when I was there. I don't know. They, they didn't get the newer fuel-injected bike until I left. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. My PC bikes, I love my PC yeah. bikes for sure. Mitch Payton, your favorite team manager you, you rode for? I mean, outside of Watson? I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, obviously I had success, and yep. that makes everything good. But, um, yeah, Mitch is awesome. I, I like how he runs a team and the atmosphere he brings on the weekends. Uh, I know they're there to win, and they'll mm-hmm. do anything to help you, you know. Yep. Um, they put the they put the ego to, aside. I feel like you know they're, they're there to try to try to help you. Yeah, I did a little story with Mitch a while back, and it talked, and he just, I don't, but like he just can't say enough good things about you. But then, like, is it because you won for him? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, like I, that makes everything. If I would have went and got fifth both years, I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> like <laughs> he just talked about your character and what a great guy you were to work with, and how hard you tried, and you never had to question your effort, and all of that. And and I'm and I'm sure that's all true. But then I, you know, he also looks at these three titles you won for him, and he's like, sweet, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, Mitch, he's he's always say. We're here to make you rich. <laughs> You're like, all right, sounds good. Um, favorite teammate? Who's your favorite teammate you ever had? I would have to say Polly Carpenter. What? Yeah, Polly Carpenter. Yeah, oh, that Carpenter. came out of nowhere. Yeah, we were buddy. Like okay. back in the PC days, I, I spent I would spend the summers out there in oh, New okay. York and Ithaca and in my motorhome and. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Um, Is he he still working for the city out there, whatever he was doing before? Yeah. He's his dad. He had like a dozer business, you know, uh, construction. And he kind of learned a lot doing that. I think he has his own little construction business up there. Sweet. Cool. Um, What's the thing the sport needs less of? Like what, what do we need less of? Don't say media. Don't say Pulp MX, but uh, we don't need less media. We need less. uh, What bugs you? Less egos within the within the little clicks yeah yeah like like i don't know if that makes any sense no it does dude trust me because they i feel like that those kind of those guys cause more problems than than anybody yeah you mean the surrounding the riders and the people in the industry that that kind of stuff yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i I would i would definitely agree um favorite national track favorite national i would have to say redbud oh come on bro everybody says redbud 
But it's so good. It is. Yeah. Well, I, I will have to say this: I don't, I don't like how they they prep it on National mm-hmm. National Day. Mm-hmm. I think they they rip it too deep, and I don't, know, I don't enjoy that track on that. But like, if you ride it on any other day, that track is yeah. awesome, dude. Every national track, I know you haven't. Well, you raced PC not too long ago, nationals, but um, every national track's the same now. I don't like it. Like they're all sawdust and ripped. And here you go, same tires. Well, that, yeah. well, you watch some of the Euro Euro the MXGP. Yep. Yep. Like. They just kind of leave it as is. Um, I think that's good because you could use the whole track. That uh-huh. makes any sense. You could go outside there oh, and slot it into two little, two, three feet deep ruts, you know. And I don't know. I, I guess each each track has their own way of doing things. Well, I think it's for crowd comfort too. You know, crowd, no dust, no every. You know, like it's yeah. that way. But you win a you win a GP title. You're fast in the hard pack. You're fast in sand. You're fast in mud. You're fast yeah. in. You know what I mean? Like. Whereas our no, stuff, that's kind of yeah. cool. It brings a little different element to it, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, favorite Kenny Watson story? <laughs> one you can I tell. Mean, it, would be, it would be a long one, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure you guys have probably heard the motorhome story. Oh, the poop one. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. yeah. That has to be the all-time. <laughs> I mean, you has he told that story on on here? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Sure. A bunch. Of, yeah, yeah, people need to go back and research. He had poop in his eyes and his ears. <laughs> and he was emptying Ivan's uh, uh, pooper, and oh god, yeah, it was a best motorhome driver ever. He'll say that. <laughs> best goggle guy, best motorhome driver, <laughs> <laughs> all of that. Um, all right, hot sauce man, thanks, uh, thanks for keeping uh, yeah, catching no up. I think people will really dig it. See what you're up to. It sounds like we may see you back at the races if things go the I way you so. want to. Yeah, I hope so. We'll see. We'll see what. Uh... What entails? Well, dude, I see a lot of trainers and coaches, and um, no offense to them, but I don't think they have 25% of your accomplishments in the sport. So um, if anybody, you know, wants to wants to really learn from a guy that's actually really, really done it, uh, <laughs> they'd be wise to, to give you a call for sure. So You want to be my agent for me? <laughs> yeah, I could, I could definitely do that. Believe me, there's some guys out there now that I'm like, huh? You're listening to that guy? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, well, hey, that's, an- no, that's another your, podcast. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's another podcast for another day. Um, <laughs> all right, Hot Sauce, thanks, man. Thanks for doing the Fly Racing uh, Racer X podcast, and uh, we'll catch up to you soon at the races, I'm sure. Thanks, man. All right, see you guys. All right. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said.
said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike, you're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did, everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled fifth and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years.